200 episodes. This is the week where we are celebrating 200 episodes. I have no idea how we got here, but definitely couldn't have been without you. And in honor of incredible, incredible authors and people who have done great work, we want to make this week all about reviewing, going through the books. I think those were the best episodes that a lot of people have talked about. So we're going to replay episode on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, each one of these days, or for one of the book reviews that we have done in the last 200 episodes. So enjoy! You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show. We are here today, as always, with the man, myth, and legend himself, Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I know the man and the myth is probably right. I don't know about the legend part. (laughs) We are about to talk about a legend today on this podcast. Yes, Peter... Drucker is who we're going to be talking about today and uh, his his book, Effective Executive, which I have actually not read yet. But as we were talking about this offline, I was like, man, how have I not read this book yet? Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about the three things that you learned uh, from the Effective Executive. Uh, and, and so, uh, Sanger, before we dive into those three things, anything you want to say about this book? Man, so this is one thing that I'm I'm glad you asked that question. I think as we are starting to do more book reviews, we'd love one. If you like guys like it, please let us know in the review section or on LinkedIn because we typically put the update of this also on LinkedIn. So let us know if this helps because it really helps me to think about it and it's forcing me to read and finish the book before we do it. Um, so we're happy to do more. But here, here's the thing. Peter Drucker, for example, he is one of the best guys out there, uh, obviously he's not alive right now, but when it comes to executive leadership and what that means. And what's interesting is these books are written so many, many, many years ago and the principles are still the same. And And I'm looking at this book as literally in my hand right now and, 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 and all the different um, accolades that this book has got. It is one of the finest books when it comes to executive management and leadership. So if you're in marketing, sales, CEO, doesn't really matter if your job is to lead this definitive guide to getting things done uh, right, um, which is called the Effective Executive Book by Peter Drucker, is, is such a quick read. And man, the principles, he literally gives away the secret on the first page. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I love it. All right. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's so overwhelming, like being a, kind of a, a young entrepreneur leading a company kind of technically being, you know, the, the CEO, but not really, you know, I've, I've always felt uncomfortable referring to myself as, as CEO <laughs> because I, I just feel like, Oh, like I don't, I, I'm not a CEO. Like I just started this thing and I'm figuring out as I go along, but books like this and and even just the outline that that we were talking through before we got into this it's such a clear kind of roadmap for you know someone like me who I feel like and I like I don't know I guess technically I'm a, a quote unquote executive but uh how do I how do I do this effectively so the 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 title is fantastic and then the this first thing that we're going to talk about is uh this idea of 
learning to ask the right questions. Can you expand on uh, expand on this? Maybe give us some examples of you know, what are the right questions that we need to be asking. This is really cool, cool, James. And I read this part probably five times before I jotted down his thoughts on it. He, he essentially puts that in the reference of two questions, mainly two. And I think people should take the time to, to write it down or listen uh, when they can write this down because this is really going to help. And it has helped me already. The first question he says is, what needs to be done? Now, that might seem like a very simple question, what needs to be done? But ask yourself, how many times do we really ask what needs to be done? He said, the most effective leaders, leaders in a, any company will always ask the question, what needs to be done. And the second question he said is, is and this is where he, he literally makes the point that this might sound inhuman, but it is the best question that you should be asking. What is the right thing to do for the company? So what needs to be done and what is the right thing to do in the company? These are by far, in his view, the two most important questions any effective leader should ask. And, I, and, and he goes on to explain this. And, and if you get to read this book, again, highly recommend he, he really details down why this is important. But one thing he said, and he takes examples of GEs of the world and all, all those of that time. And he said, look, here's the thing. If you figure out and if you get your team aligned and around the idea, what is the right thing to do for the company, you'll always find out what are the things that are hurting the company most. And that the word, the right thing to do, would change the conversation in every meeting because a lot of times people forget to ask the question. We, we too, the reason he said it might sound inhuman because he said, I'm not saying what's the right thing to do for your team member or your management team or uh, somebody who's reporting to you. No, no, no. What is the right thing to do for the company? And if you do that, eventually you'll actually do the right thing for the people in the company. So he really goes on to the extent and, and acknowledges that it might sound inhuman, but those two questions, man, I, I wrote it down. It's now on my first page of of every notebook that I'm starting to write, two questions to always think about asking what needs to be done and what is the right thing to do for the company. Got it. And so instead of thinking about you know, what is what is right for me, what is right for this person involved in this decision, uh, what is right for you know how, how it impacts this customer or this th- this initiative, it's it's always kind of filtering it through what is right for the company. Absolutely, man. He he goes to the example very quickly, like Jack Welch, obviously everybody knows with General Electric. And he says, and I'm reading directly from the book now, he says, literally, he says he would do this five-year plans. And obviously it was a much bigger company. It is a much bigger company at that time. Obviously it was big. And he would say, Jack will always ask, and that was part of his interview of many, many CEOs uh, of, of, of his caliber. And he would literally say, well, well, how do you plan? How do you prioritize? And he said, look, I would, I would have, Jack would say, that's Jack's response, Jack Welch. He's saying, I would have a list of things I want to do as a CEO that I think are really, really important. But then when I go to the management team meeting and I'm going to ask without telling my list, the Jack will not tell his list to his team. He will ask the people what are their top priorities. Then he will compile that, prioritize it. And if his list of things are not on that list, he will wait. He will wait because he's asking his team to tell them what is the right thing to do for the company. And many times what happens is you and me um, and, and many founders, executives in the company, we would say, here's my list and these are the most important things because I care about it and I feel that these are the right things to do. And he said, no, 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 
we need to get your team together and ask them what is the right thing for the company. And then you will get the right answers. And whatever comes out as a priority from that, that's what you really start focusing on. Not your list or not someone you like on your team's list. The things that are the right thing to do for the company. I think it was phenomenal to just think it from that perspective. I love it. All right. So the first thing you learned, learn to ask the right questions. The second thing you learned is to put a plan together as one team. Uh, elaborate on this for us. All right. So I'm just going to literally talk through those four points uh, in interest of time. And again, he literally gives away all of this on the first page. So it's phenomenal and explains it throughout the book. So the four points that he talks about, put a plan together was, uh, or are as follows. One, they developed an action plan, which means don't just say what are the right thing to do and prioritize it, come up with an action plan. Then essentially taking responsibility for the decisions, which means, okay, once the decision is made, just like Jeff Bezos has very famously said, disagree, but come it. He's like, if we all agree that these are the priorities, we're going to do everything possible to address this. So to make that. And then this is the part that I completely miss every single time. And, and I wonder if James, you have felt that too, is we'll make the decision in the room. We said, yeah, we all agree. Good. Kumbaya. Ready to go. And then there's no communication. There is no no follow-up. There is nothing. He said, no. An effective leader's job is as soon as the meeting is done, within the next hour or the next day, write down himself or herself. It doesn't really matter. Or get somebody on the team, whoever is the one responsible for it. Communicate what was agreed upon, what was talked about, what was the action plan, and make sure you have clear ownership on it. So that communication part, he's talked about this 100 years ago. Like It's just, just so important. And then the last one was, like once you have figured that part out, once you have an action plan, a list of decisions that you have made and have communicated and figured out a communication plan, then go focus on opportunities rather than the problem. And I think this is where he took the cake. He's like, all right, now you have addressed the problem, the elephant in the room, what is going to help the company grow? You've, you've talked about that, we've come up with it, but now focus on the opportunities. Enough about the problem. We already got a plan to now address the problem. Fix the problem and get the plan together, but now focus on the opportunities because that's what great leadership is all about. So I thought that was really interesting. And a lot of times we just forget, or at least I have done a poor job of communication internally once we agree on a decision. And, and I think that goes back a lot to what, what you've talked about in other episodes, Sangam, where, where you block, you know, you block an entire day uh, you know, and and you try not to do meetings on on that day, uh, and and I think so much of being focused on opportunities comes down to giving yourself the time and the space to think about opportunities, and really, like, like I, I don't know, I think that breathing room is powerful when it comes to focusing on opportunities as opposed to just being like stuck putting fire out after fire out after fire out. Um, and, and, and by, I, I love that, uh, you know, you're the, you're the only one that I've heard talk about this, but I think it's brilliant. Um, this idea of blocking an entire day to just give yourself that, that time to, to, to examine what, what could, what could we be doing that we're not doing right now in terms of opportunity, um, and, and so, cause I think it's really easy to sit there and say they were, you know, that, that Peter Drucker talked about focusing on opportunities rather than problems, but it's like, okay, well, how do you do that? Um, and to me, it seems like 
giving yourself actual time and space in your calendar to do that, which which seems on paper to be unproductive because it's like, okay, well, you've blocked an entire day. Like, what the heck are you doing with that day? Um, yeah. But you could come up with one idea. You could you could not come up with anything for six months on, on that one day, but on, on the seventh month, come up with an idea that completely, you know, that allows you to hundred X your revenue. And it was worth the six months of having nothing. Um, because you gave yourself your, it was a systematic, you know, kind of every single week you gave yourself time and space to, to think. Um, and, and it ends up, you know, being the thing that turns you into a billion dollar company or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I, I think that's huge. Yeah, man. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that point because I think we, we talked about in the last podcast about the time part of it, because we all have less time than ever. But, but, but here's another thing that forces, and I'm glad you brought that up, blocking time. And if you could do one day, great. If you could do half a day, I think that's great too. Just blocking time. Maybe it's an hour every day that you block. Whatever yeah. works for your schedule, it really doesn't matter. If as long as you're giving yourself that breathing room, as you said, I think it was very eloquently put, James. What yeah. what also matters a lot of times is in that moment, in that time when you have blocked, is you really all of a sudden. I think it's a stress-reducing thing for me as mm-hmm. well because I am so like we we all have so many things that it just. The fact that we have so many things stresses us out, but by blocking that hour, it, it you know it, it literally changes your view of like, okay, I got an hour, I got an hour to catch up, I got an hour to catch up. If you just say that throughout the day and you get an hour to catch up, you will feel better, right? So, yeah. so I think it's really really important to not only focus on the day to day problems, but focus on have a focus time for the opportunities that Peter Drucker talks about. Love it. Awesome, man. All right. So this third thing that you learned from the effective executive is uh, to set clear accountability and a picture of success. Talk to us about this one. All right. So we, we talked about, you know, saying no in the last podcast and why it is super powerful. And I think one of the things that Peter Drucker has said in this book and in many things is that you only have two types of meetings, productive and waste of time. So he, he, he really deep dives deeper in it, how to run productive meetings. So it's again, worth reading. If you're an executive, if you're someone who runs meeting or needs to run meetings or want to learn about how to run productive meetings, got to read this book. And then he says, at the end of the day, the picture of success is when whatever the ideas came out, whatever the action plan says, whoever is making the decision, whatever communication has been done, and the focus is very clear on the focus areas that, that you want to have your company and the leadership team to focus on at that point. The, the picture of success, and this is the key, James. This is really, really the key. He says, if you see your team transform and start saying, we have a plan or we think we can do this or we are ready to go march or we are ready to attack this problem or we need to focus on this opportunity. If you hear the word we as opposed to I, then you know, as an effective leader, you have done your job. Because if at any given point, if the conversation happens around, well, well, it's I think or why I think, I, I think that's where that that's where it's a very good signal that your planning process hasn't done its job. It's a very clear signal that the fact that you said you want to have a one team culture, but somehow it has really trickled down to every single person. So his picture of success, and he very eloquently puts that out there, is. 
man, yeah, you really need to look at it and, and hear for this because you can't force that on anybody, yeah. right? You have to hear that what are people doing after that? Are we saying, hey, we agreed on this, so we need to do this? Or are they saying, I said it or you said it? If they say that, you know that the plan hasn't really come to fruition. Yeah, no, I love it. So, so learning to ask the right questions, putting a plan together as, as one team, and setting clear accountability and, and setting a picture of success. Three, three massive things with obviously some, you know, some sub points under each of those. Sangram, if, if you had to kind of wrap this thing up, uh, and what do we want to leave with listeners uh, today, uh, other than obviously going by the book? Go buy the book, man. I'm, and I'm, we are not going to make any royalty on it. I wish we could. But <laughs> go buy this book and read it. And, and I think we all run into this, this idea of how do we be more effective. And it doesn't matter if you're an executive, if you call yourself an executive, if you're running, if you are leading somehow in some capacity, this is book for you. Uh, the last point that I would love to wrap and give everybody a thought to think about and, and almost challenge. And I think maybe this is what we do with every podcast is challenge our listeners to do something different. The last one was about you know, saying no to something. This one today, let's, this is what Peter Drucker says. He says he has interviewed hundreds of executives and he has, he has learned a surprising thing that most top leaders have, have been doing. And, and I was very surprised when he kind of looked it out. He said, here, here it is. All of them, all of them, doesn't matter if they're billion dollar companies or small companies, CEOs, what level companies are, they all are working on only one priority at any given time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was very surprising. I read it twice. And they're like, oh, seriously? He's like, yes, they're working on one priority at any given time. And if they're really, really good, maybe two. Mm. So if, 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 if hundreds of executives of incredible companies uh, that have gone and, and done incredible things, if they cannot focus on more than one big thing, one big rock at any given time, who are you and I to kind of do 50 things, right? So yeah. I think his point really is stop going around and doing like so many different things, come up with whatever it is. And then, of course, as soon as you get one thing done or get closer to getting it done, start reprioritizing and go through the same exercise again of asking what now, what, what do we need to do now? What are the next priorities? And delegate everything else because you need to empower everybody else and you yourself can only focus on one thing. And that might mean um, figuring out the culture part of it. That might mean the mission part of it. That might mean partnership. But at any given and that might mean for a week. That might mean for a month. Whatever that time frame is, that's up to you. But most effective leaders are at any given time focusing on one. And if you're really good, two priorities, which was incredible for me to, to read. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. There's a book. Have you read The One Thing, Sangram? Yeah, by, uh, what was it, Calgron? Was that uh, Who was it? Uh, one. Well, then maybe, yeah, maybe that's the book to read for, for the next one. Yeah, right, for the, for the next one. Uh, let's see, who wrote this? I really, I mean, based on that, I, I think that's such a powerful idea that you that you just talked about. It's written by Gary Keller, um, and which which I gotcha. th- is is that the? It's not the Keller. Is it the Keller Williams guy? I don't know. I'll have to go check it out. I, I don't know. If yeah, there's, Gary there's Keller. A time yeah. There, but that that idea of of focusing on 
only having one priority, um, man, like <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever had a single priority. Um, but I would imagine that, you know, to, to accomplish the things that, uh, that, that Steve Jobs is doing, that Elon Musk is doing, that Jeff Bezos is doing, like the reason those guys are able to operate at such a high level, um, I would imagine is because of their ability to focus. And, and so this idea of having, having one core priority at a time tops two uh, is, is a really radical idea. So I, I love that challenge. Awesome, man. Well, that's the challenge for everybody that's listening. What is your one priority? And maybe hit us up on, on the podcast or on LinkedIn and let us know. And uh, we'll love to know, man. This is, yeah. this is about learning and growing personally and professionally. So hopefully that helps one person today. I love it. Sangram, this, uh, this, this podcast has been in the top 50 of iTunes for, for a while now. And to keep it there, uh, would love to get reviews. So if you're getting value from this show in any way, shape, or form, we would love for you to open up the Apple Podcast app, leave, leave a review. Uh, it really does help keep the show in, in the top 50. Hopefully, you know, go, go even higher than what we are now, get it into the back into, I think for a while there, we were in the top 15, um, get us back into the top 15, uh, cause we want to help as many people as we can with this content. Obviously, you know, that, that one little nugget at the end there, uh, I, I think, you know, every person in business needs to hear, uh, because it's, it's so powerful and we want to continue to, uh, to get this in front of as many people as possible. So thank you so much for listening and, and sending your gift and thank you so much for your time. Man. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Let's do it. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. 